Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to this week's edition of the Live Life Aggressive Podcast. Man, I'm excited about this one. First of all, folks, I'm Sincere Hogan. That's Mike Mahler, in case you didn't know that already. But anyhow, man, I, this is, I, I'm loving this, Mike. I'm loving today's show, man. Especially any, anytime we talk about this topic, man, it gets me fired up because uh, it's very personal. It's actually personal for both of us. Yeah. So. This is awesome. No, we have a we have a great guest on today who runs an an excellent organization called Voice for the Animals in Los Angeles. And we've had her on the show before, Melia Kaplan, super cool lady, very down to earth and very committed. And also, she's not one of those ladies where if you donate to her organization, you're going to see her in a Mercedes Benz driving down the street. You know? <laughs> not, she's not going to be sending guys. She's not going to be sending you an email from her mansion in Pacific Palisades. You know, she's, she lives on a very modest income, especially for Los Angeles. So you can rest assured that when you support her organization, it's going to some good causes. And I think that's one of the things that makes people hesitate about supporting a lot of causes is because no one wants to feel like they're getting ripped off. You don't want to feel like you're donating to an organization, and then you find out that the guy who runs it makes seven hundred thousand a year. Yeah, it's funny that you said that. We were just watching American Greed last night, man, and they were just actually talking about this one guy who had like a telemarketing company, and he was working for one of these nonprofits. And basically, the nonprofit only got like ten cents on the dollar of every like dollar that this guy's company, the telemarketing company, raised. So he pretty much got oh. ninety cents of that. So pretty much, and when he talked to the organization, they said, "Well, you know, it was like a police officer's like." fund or something like that we're like you know it's better that we get that 10 cent on the dollar because otherwise we probably wouldn't get anything at all that was their <laughs> excuse for that yeah. and, I, and my wife and i looked at each other like are you freaking kidding me that's so lame so this guy ended up making like a good eight million dollars compared to maybe uh probably about three hundred thousand dollars or something like that that some of these organizations mm. were getting and i was like you know what that's the one of the reasons why, why mike and i talk about this on the show and go to charity Nav- navigator and places like that so you can keep up with these organizations and see where their money's going and see who you're donating to right yeah and then the people we get people like melia and our friend james mm-hmm. pond who runs transitions transitions global mm-hmm. these guys are legit so when you hear them on our show you know that they're legit really we're not going to just get some jack off that we haven't done any you know that we haven't vetted <laughs> and checked out right so these are organizations that we support personally and organizations that you can feel confident about supporting but anyway all that aside melia welcome back good to have you on the show again thank you for inviting me i always love talking to both you guys and all of your listeners oh yeah it's so. a pleasure you know, one of the topics I wanted to start off with is is one that really irritates me, and it's it's when people give up their dogs for such simple reasons. For example, there was a story you and I were talking about where there was a guy who who was giving up his dog, which he's had for over ten years. Nice dog, yeah. and he the reason is is because he's moving into a house with his kids, and the landlord doesn't allow dogs. <laughs> Right. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, how about looking for another house, you idiot? <laughs> another apartment or something. But, but, but people, but I hear these kind of, when I used to live in LA, I would hear these kind of stories all the time where someone would say, well, you know, I had a dog for five years, but had to give him up because of my landlord doesn't allow dogs. And they would, they would say it so casually as if they just gave up a pair of shoes. You know, it wasn't exactly. any more impactful on their mind than that. And then the probably the probably the worst story is the one you told me about, about that dog, Lucy, who yeah. saved oh. Saved her guardian's life, and then this guy had a girlfriend who didn't want dogs around, so he gave it up. So I mean, I, I would I would like to kick this guy in the nuts, but obviously he doesn't have it. You know? like, no, given given why he gave up his dog, you know, gonna be a missed kick is what they Someone already it. beat me to that punch. Yeah. <laughs> He has no heart either. Absolutely. I mean, if I even met a girl who said, you know, I don't like dogs, that would be it. It's like, all right, see ya. 
You know how much like because nothing else you do is going to make up for that. Obviously, we're not on the same page. So I don't want to hear that crap. But the, you deal with this kind of stuff all the time. Yeah, we do. We do. We deal with this almost every day. We get people who call us and say we can't keep this animal, cat or dog, because we're moving, and we try to help them find housing. And some of them are very resistant to it, which I find very odd mm. because they don't even feel that this animal is part of their family. And then we understand maybe it's better to take the animal yeah. away since they don't have that kind of connection. Right. And we were actually in the shelter, I guess, about a couple of weeks ago, and we were pulling some uh, some dogs who uh, had been the Product of human violence, which is a whole other story. Mm. And in the waiting room walked in this woman and her husband, I guess, with this little, little, little dog, I guess about a Maltese, named Lucy. And they said they were giving up the dog because they had to move and blah, blah, blah. And the dog literally was screaming and holding on to them. I had never seen anything. This dog was so attached to them, and they were prying the dog's paws off their neck. Wow. This dog, it was heartbreaking. We grabbed, Of course, we grabbed the dog, and it took us a long time, at least a couple, two, three weeks, to be able to rehabilitate this dog and let the dog know that we will find a home for this dog. She will never be given up again. But it's absolutely horrific that these people don't consider their animals part of their family. Now, I, on the other hand, I have to say I do understand that there's a whole other issue here about pet-friendly housing. Right. And what I'm finding is an enormous amount of myth with an enormous amount of fact that people are not even getting. There's a huge amount of data research on the Internet, on the MSM, where real estate agents are telling their clients, open up your places to rent to pet-friendly housing. You will get a bigger selection of people who want to rent, more tenants. Right. You will have less downtime. It will be a win-win situation. There's definitely an oversupply because of the condo conversions and a depleted supply of renters that has put vacancy up to 10% nationally mm. and top 20% in some areas. A lot of people are looking to rent out homes, but if they can get a dog in there or a cat in there, it's, it's so fast. Right, right. They have a much wider, much wider selection of, um, of tenants. Also, uh, landlords can go to places that are tailored for pet owners, like shelters or, or dog or cat groups or pet stores, where they can put up their signs for pet-friendly buildings, and everybody is running towards that. And it really, really made me feel so good to hear that the realtors have jumped on board and said, hey, you guys have to really take a different look at this. Yeah. And I just, if I can for a second, I'd like to just quote some statistics. Sure. Because we all hear these horrible stories about, you know, uh, people who have animals ruining apartments. It's just not true. It's one of those myths that it's turned into a fact, which it's not a fact. Mm. The fact is, is that the vacancy rent for pet-friendly apartments was 10% versus 14% for non-pet-friendly. Let's look at that a minute and say why. Because we who own pets are so grateful that we and our pets have a safe and beautiful place to live. We don't want to move. We right. want to stay where we are. Right. The, the, that 4% difference translates into one every 25 units sitting empty. That mm. means the landlord's losing money. The average time it took to rent out a pet-friendly apartment was 19 days as opposed to 29 days for non-pet-friendly apartment. Mm. There you go again. The landlord is now losing more money. 
And, of course, there's such a larger pool of tenants because more people have animals. Right, right. And if you look at tenants in pet-friendly house or pet-friendly apartments, they save an average of 46 months as opposed to 18 months for rentals that prohibit pets. That's huge. And then, of course, landlords can ask for a pet deposit, which means they get more money. And if they get a larger dog, they can ask for even more money. So it gives them even more money in their pocket. And that is a good thing for the landlords, and it's a good thing for the tenants. And landlords needed to spend less than half the amount of time marketing pet-friendly housing. Well, that's incredible. Hmm. That's just incredible. So what we're seeing is there's this overlooked opportunity for landlords. And I'm talking to all the landlords today who are listening to Mike and Sincere's show, rethink this. You really need to think about you can get more money, you can get better tenants, you can, it'll take you less time to rent your place. It's just a win-win situation that nobody's really looking at. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take less advertising. There's absolutely no reason not to open up these apartment buildings, houses, condos, to pet friendly. Absolutely right. no reason. Yeah, and I what think a, the timing is perfect right now because right now with the housing market, with just the economy itself, so many people are selling their homes or they're losing their homes, so they're ending up having to move to apartments or rental properties, not really by choice anymore. So, And guess what? They're coming along with their pets. And so pretty much pets and children. So it's kind of like to go hand in hand. And so to be a landlord or a realtor that's not really letting people know about that and, and being open to that, you're doing yourself a big disservice right there. So this is also a good message, not just for the landlords, but also to everyone's now trying to hop into real estate because they, they see the markets down. So now everybody wants to jump in real estate because they think the market's going to go back up and it's it's, it's the buyer's market and all that. Well, look here, if you want to stand out right now against this big flood of everybody becoming a real estate agent, well, here's a nice little thing that you can really promote when you're bringing on new clients and you're talking to apartment uh, complexes and things like that. Tell them to be open to, you know, having a pet friendly property and that'll help you stand out and you'll close a lot faster than these other real estate agents that are popping up on a daily basis like drug dealers on every corner now so now you can stand out so it's a absolutely, message to them. absolutely. And more people, more and more people are getting companion animals. They're mm-hmm. getting they're adopting cats and dogs. So with more people getting cats and dogs, there needs to be more housing. And as soon as landlords get it, they will the tide will turn. And again, I have to say, I'm thrilled that the realtors are jumping in on our side and saying, do it. You're going to make more money. You're going to have less downtime. Everything's going to be good. Just do it. And for those people who who have to give up their animals, for God's sakes, please reconsider. Stop in your tracks a minute and consider from the animal's point of view. Call your local shelter, call your local humane society, call us, call anyone you want, and see if they can help you find a place to move. But for God's sakes, don't drop that animal off at the shelter. The, the euthanasia rate is still very high, especially at certain times of the year. And if that animal is anywhere over a year old, the chance of them not being adopted, especially now with puppy and kitten season, which I'll tell you, yeah. we've never seen a worse one, which I don't understand with all the spay and neuter that all the groups have done all over the country, how come we're seeing such a huge amount of animals being born. Those animals are going to go down. And that is just unfair when you took them into your heart and your home and you t- cared for them for so many years. And then just because you have this little hitch, you drop them off at the shelter. Please don't do it. Yeah, There's Mel, you many wish- resources out there. 
Would you think that, Mel, would you think that the reason why there are so many puppies and kittens being born right now is because there are a big group of people who are not dropping their animals off at the shelter, but they have these animals and they're just letting them out and just dropping them off in fields? Because that's pretty much how we ended up rescuing our dog. There was a, a litter of, you know, him and his brothers and sisters and the mother, and they were just dumped into a field. And it was like nine of them. And so they're just pretty much being just dropped off anywhere now or just dropped off in neighborhoods. And they're kind of just running straight now. Do you think that could be a big issue as far as so many kittens and dogs just now out there? Absolutely. I think there's I think there's a variety of causes. That's definitely one of them. I think another one is people, some people just don't want to spay and neuter their pets. Again, they're not educated about the fact that this medically has been proven to lengthen the life of a pet. Right. And that it's mm-hmm. the healthiest thing you can do, and allowing them to have a litter is not a healthy thing. Some people are still doing backyard breeding, believe it or yeah. not. They're still yeah. breeding, and they're allowing their animals to breed, and then they try to sell them, and they can't, and then they dump them off at the shelter. Or we get the one we had not too long ago where a couple had a dog, never fixed the dog. The dog got pregnant, and they got angry at her and dropped the dog off at the shelter. Mm. So you get a variety of insanity. Where, and people, of course, as you said, since they drop them off on the street, they let them run out without vaccinations, being microchipped, and being sterilized. So all of these reasons translate into a huge influx of puppies and kittens being born on the street and, and end up in the shelters. And, right. and the shelters, by law, have to take them in. They have to bring them in, but they don't, by law, have to hold them if there's not enough room. Of course, if there's enough room. I know L.A. better than I know other shelters. If there's yeah. enough room, they'll hold them as you know, fast as, pos- as long as possible. If there's not, they've got to go down. They don't have the room. They don't have the resources. Mm-hmm. It's not the shelter's work. People, people get angry at the shelters. It's not their fault. It's our fault. Right. Us. We it's it's our fault that they even exist. Yeah, it's, it's our fault that Absolutely. kill shelters exist. And mm-hmm. how, much, right. how much of a of a role do puppy mills play in all of this? Huge, huge. Yeah. Puppy mills, we're dealing with right now, oh my God, we're dealing with a woman in Newhall who's a breeder. She turned into a hoarder. Mm-hmm. And she has about 152 cats in her house. Wow. We took eight in the worst condition possible, spent thousands of dollars. She bred them to, to death to the point that their kidneys are totally depleted, to the point that their insides are ripped up. And she's still mm-hmm. breeding. And it's the law's have to change. That's the other part of this. Breeding has to be outlawed. As long as there are animals being born and animals going into the shelters, the breeding has to stop. The puppy mills have to stop. Be their backyard breeders. And of course, I hear all day long people say, well, you know, there's there's breeders who are good breeders and breeders who are bad breeders. I say, no, 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 no. There's no good breeders. That's an oxymoron. There's no breeders who are good as long as they know that there are animals going down in the shelter, how can they allow an animal to be born? Go to the shelter and adopt an animal. And I don't care if it's a purebred. None of us are purebreds. So who cares about a purebred or mixed breed? That's irrelevant. Save a life. And we try to get more and more people to, start, to get out of the purebred mentality and to go in and all, any vet who's worth his or her salt will tell you that a mixed breed is a stronger breed it because is. they've got... Yeah, you could have less vet bills. So all of that translates into the problem. It's about education, and it's about laws. And then, of course, even if you have the laws, it's about enforcement. Yeah, Animal right. laws are the lowest on the totem pole, and mm. that's always a problem that we see. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. As long as animals are considered property, that's just the way that's it's going right. to be. Exactly. Because then Absolutely. it's like a car dent or something like that. It's going to be taken about right. that seriously. And then I, right. I'm still amazed that people even go to puppy stores anymore and buy Absolutely. a puppy. Yep. You know, when there's well, when every breed good, you can imagine is out there. Yeah. The good news is, is in L.A., it's been made illegal. All pet stores have to work with rescue groups or the shelter. Really? So, yep. Yep, and thank you to certain activists in the city who oh, really incredible. pushed it through. There are no more pet stores that are allowed to sell purebred anything. Wow. So, yes, it's, it's really wonderful. And, again, it was what they did instead. They took it, from, of course, from the humane aspect, but, you know, a lot of people don't care about that. So they took it from the economic aspect, which is what is the cost to the city and to the taxpayer of sending an animal control officer out to apprehend that animal, bringing the animal into the shelter, feeding and housing the animal for the legal five-day period, and then euthanizing the animal, and then getting rid of the remains. What is the cost per animal? And when you look at that, you say, oh, no, taxpayers do not want to kill, do not want to pay for killing, and that's what we're paying for. Mm-hmm. So let's stop these pet stores from doing that. That will decrease the amount of animals coming in. And it just passed uh, last year, so we're just, just seeing more animals being adopted, more animals going into pet stores as rescue animals, and people going into pet stores and feeling better because yeah. you don't have to see these purebreds who, you know, before you were looking at $4,000 and they were sick. Yeah, right. And it was just horrible. So we're seeing definitely more and more people are understanding that rescue is the way to go. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Okay. Now, here's now, Mel, here's one of the things now, one of my pet peeves right now. And I live in Texas, mm-hmm. which pretty much in July and August is pretty much hell light and as far as the temperatures yeah. and everything. And one of the biggest problems that we have out here is people leaving their pets in their vehicles while they go inside the grocery oh. store or something like that. They, they don't want to leave their pets at home where it's nice and air-conditioned. They want to take their – they're so selfish, they want to take their pets everywhere. In their mind, they're thinking like, well, I don't want to leave my baby. I want to take them wherever. But you don't want to take them inside the store. And they leave their pets yeah. inside the freaking car yeah. with the windows barely cracked. Let me tell you, a cracked window in Texas means nothing. You might as well just, <laughs> right. roll, it, you might as well just roll it up. You know, because basically, you know, it's it's not it's not going to help at all. So I walk by these and I walk by these cars sometimes and I see the pets just panting and panting. It takes everything in my power not to pick up a brick or just sit there, throw my take my shirt off, wrap my arm and just smash that window and let that dog out. Well, you have the legal right to do that, Sincere. You have the legal right to smash that window. Oh, don't threaten me with a good time and tell me that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go out looking for that today. I'm going to go driving around town looking for that. I'm going to be a vigilante now. That's going to be my only mission now is to go around. (laughs) I'm going to put my arrow costume on. (laughs) If you think that dog is in trouble and you see that dog panting or any kinds of signs of distress, you have the legal right to go through that window, and that person, I, I don't know the laws in Texas, but I do them, know them here, that person will be prosecuted. Well, it is we, we illegal to leave a dog in a hot car. Yeah. We have concealed carry laws here, so I'm pretty sure I can smash that window out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's the mm-hmm. least of our problems here, so yeah. Well, you know, Absolutely. some idiot left his kid in the car, and the kid died. No, I, I was like, exactly. Literally. Yeah. Yeah, and that happens every year. It's not like this is a one time. Right. Not like this is a one time incident or once a decade. This happens every year. Which kills me. It's, it's mothers. Even when a mother does it, like of all, like men, we're stupid. Okay, let's just face it, we're dumb. Okay, but when a mother does that, 
that just always yeah. shocks me. I'm like, are you serious right now? You really gonna leave your kids in? Like, I mean, you, it's you. You just can't fix stupid. <laughs> no, you can't. There's no pill for that. Oh, that's right. And uh, Melly, I'm sure you deal with that on a daily basis. You just can't we fix we stupid. Do. You deal with oh, it. You can't. Can't reason with an I, idiot. No, no. What we try to do is, I have a bunch of signs in my car, which for different things, like when I see an, a dog tied up outside a shopping mall, I will put a sign on the dog, do you want me to be stolen? Then leave me home. Hmm. So I will put different signs in, on people's cars to try to educate them. Hmm. Uh, people are stealing dogs. All, we have a horrible situation right now in Venice where there's signs up all over the place. There's a lot of animals missing. We're trying to work with the police and trying to find out why this is. It's very unusual for this number of animals to go missing. Hmm. So that's, that's, that's another issue. There are people who steal animals and they use them for a variety of illicit purposes. Yeah. And again, sincere back to going back to what you were talking about, go ahead and break that window, call the police, or and call the police first and say, I'm going to break this window if you don't get out here and do something. Yeah. And you know, get the officer's name and say you have five minutes to get out here and and see what they do. And if they don't, you have the right to do that because that dog could die. Right. I mean obviously some of these people do keep their air conditioning on when the mm-hmm. windows are cracked, yeah, some but do. a lot of them don't. Exactly. A lot of them don't. People are just dumb. I mean, keep... yeah, I mean, yeah. I love taking my dogs for errands when the weather's nice, and they love going for car rides, but obviously you can't do it right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, I'm even <laughs> inside the store for five minutes. It's too long. Exactly. So you just can't, I mean, we can't even, I don't even walk them during the day right now. Exactly. Like, just to let, let my dog out for five minutes during the day, and, you know, he, he gets his little sunbathing on because that's what he wants, but I have to tell him, like, <laughs> dude, you got, you got less than 10 minutes. You're not getting a full 10 minutes because he comes back in, he's like, whoa. This this weather sucks, yes. <laughs> you know. Right, I, I'm, right. reading, I'm looking at him like, look, dude, I don't want to go out there for ten minutes. And I, I mean, I know it's Aww. all natural for you, but you got to come back inside. And guess what? He comes in <laughs> and he's napping for the rest of the day. He realized, like, you know what? It's not fall. It's not spring. This is not right. <laughs> so no, yeah, no. I tell him, I said, what? And it's so dangerous. Yes. It's so dangerous they, they can just health. have heat stroke. And, and I noticed that you Absolutely. spoke about that actually on your um, fan page mm-hmm. recently, uh, just talking about you know, just a heat stroke survival guide and just little things mm-hmm. like that. I remember one time I even posted something about giving CPR to your dog on my fan page and, and actually on my personal Facebook page. And then some idiot chimes in, you know, with all this war going on in the world and people are starving, you know, far more important things than trying to find out how to give your dog CPR. So, you know what? Yeah. It's like, what do you want? My friends, but go fuck yourself and get off my page. Well, I mean, whatever. Stuff like that. Whenever people say dumb stuff like that, sincere, I'm always like, well, what are you doing about that if you care so much about exactly. the situation? Like some there's a great organization called Save the Chimps, right? And yeah, they took yeah, all right. these chimps that were experimented on in circuses, they put them in this oasis in Florida where they they were they're well taken care of now. I mean, is it ideal? Yes. No. If it were ideal, they'd be back in, in nature, never in this situation. Right. But it's way better right. than what they were in. And anyway, they put up these clips on YouTube, and some jack-off, of course, on YouTube gets on there and goes, oh, with all these kids starving out there, why do we care about this? And I'm, are you and feeding any of them? Are you at, are you at like a soup kitchen? Spot, you know, are yeah. you doing anything? I to these morons. But <laughs> no, I, 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 told, I, said, I said, dude, get off my page, and I unfriended him. I made it easy for him to get off my page. No, my, yeah, <laughs> I, Facebook. Whenever, so someone, whenever I post something animal-related and someone has some dumb yeah. comment, delete, goodbye. Exactly. Like, you don't respect me, right. I'm all about, F off time. I'm not even going to argue with you. And uh, yeah, they don't uh, understand compassion is compassion. Right. Yeah, exactly. Compassion needs to go everywhere. Yeah. And if they're saying compassion should only be for our species, then that is not compassion. Right. And all of these issues can be addressed at the same time. It's not like you have to pick one Absolutely. or the other. Exactly. You know, there's people like Absolutely. In there. 
So I was saying that, you know, our friend James Pond is out there helping victims of human trafficking. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean that Melia should quit what she's doing and go support that right. because both causes can be addressed. Melia is addressing Absolutely. helping out animals. James is helping that issue. And there's there's people that are helping wounded warriors. There's a lot of yeah. great people yeah. doing a lot of great things with different organizations. And you can support all of them. You don't just have you don't you don't have to it's not like one cause has to take precedence over another one. Figure out what's important to you and go support that. Absolutely. And volunteer, get involved. Get hands on. As you were saying before, Mike, you know, find out about the organization you're you're giving money to. Go out and see where they are. Go join them. If you know our Voice for the Animals has our adoptions every Sunday, and we always welcome people because we have all our animals out there that are for adoption with all the stories, and we have our volunteers out there. Get out there and volunteer with an organization. It'll, you know, you meet people, you feel good, you share similar interests. It's a really good feeling, and I really would love to encourage people to do that. The other thing I'd like to encourage people, anybody who's listening, go to your local realtor and ask them to please encourage all of the people who, they ha- who are listed with them to do pet-friendly housing. And I will, if Mike and Sincere, if this is okay, I can send you the links to the websites where sure. I found oh, all yes. these, this information. And then you can put it on your pages and people can come and see it and they can take that information and give it to landlords, give it to realtors, spread the word so that people will start understanding it's not that hard. Right, and it's, right. there's no risk involved. It's a win-win situation. Everybody will be so much happier. No reason for no us doubt. to stay where we are. Yeah, perfect. And just, we'll, uh, we'll definitely yeah. add that link, you know, to Absolutely. the show notes as well. Put on our websites. And just, yeah. I just want the one quote out there as we're talking about people who like pick and choose. You know, you know, this, you've got all this. You got hungry children here, and we have this and that. And that. Malcolm Forbes said it best. You can easily judge the character of a man by how he treats those who can do nothing for him. So that being said, we're talking same thing. We're talking about animals here because most animals. Physically, well, it just depends how you look at, you know, what they can do for you. So uh, I guess another way you can see it is basically you can judge a person's character from the way he treats treats animals. Because, I mean, mostly everyone, we go back to a lot of these criminals who are like these serial killers or they're rapists and thugs or whatever. A lot of times, some of the telltale signs when they were children, the way they treated animals. You know, so that was like a telltale sign right there. But everybody was just thinking like, oh, well... That's for some reason that's not that serious when a kid. Oh, the kids just being oh, kids. No. You know how kids no, are. No. You know they're. You know he hit that cat or you know he kicked yeah, that boys dog. Boys will be boys. Yeah, exactly. But right. then right. He, that boy right. became a rapist, and then all of a sudden, like, yep. oh, we didn't know this was coming. Well, how could we have missed this? I'm yeah. like, well, when yeah. he was just sitting there yeah. hanging cats from a tree, you know, for yeah. the fun yeah. of it yeah. and shooting them with BB guns yeah. or whatever, you know, yeah. that's yeah. that was a telltale sign right there. Absolutely. There's actually a couple, a couple of things that's been proven, and there's a lot of studies online about this, that children who are compassionate to animals and grow up with animals have higher IQs. Mm. So for those I tend to, parents I tend to, I tend to believe that. Yeah, <laughs> as, exactly. as a parent, I, yeah, my kids are pretty smart. They, they love animals, always have animals around. I can, I can see that. <laughs> I'm, a little, I'm a little biased. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and they do, and it's been proven by studies, independent studies. And so that shows us something, that compassion has a tendency to open our horizons in ways that we can't even imagine. And the other thing is when people say, well, you know, animal abuse is not so serious, I say, no, 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 no. If you look at criminology, yeah, yeah, 
yeah, people just believe me. Have, you, have they been crazy. to a circus lately, or have they been to SeaWorld? Oh, <laughs> I mean, well, do, yeah. don't even get me started on those two right now. <laughs> well, if you look at criminology studies done by um, the International Association of Police, you, which is all through the country, you'll see that it's actually proven there's a thing called a cycle of violence. And what the cycle of violence is, is someone, whoever it is, who starts by abusing an animal will go right on up the ladder. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's a drug. Yeah. There is a drug. You have to upgrade the drug. I mean, if you start in and you start exactly. and you smoking marijuana, yeah, exactly. eventually it's going to get old. Exactly. <laughs> you know? That's right. That's right. They go. They they go on, and this is one thing. Finally, the police associations have been addressing for years, but we need. Other than law enforcement, what we need now are the judges and the attorneys to address it and the law. And like you were saying, Mike, animals are private property under the law. That needs to change. An animal is not a chair. And until that changes, it's going to be hard for us to get laws enforced, to get laws passed that protect animals in ways that they need to be protected. Even if people hate animals, I say, okay, I got it. You don't like animals. But do you like your species? Do you have any care for the human species, then you have to like animals because we're an animal. We're not exactly. a rock animal. <laughs> They've forgotten where they come from, <laughs> you know. Exactly. And so it's, it's all connected, and people have to see that connection. And I definitely, that being said, I have to say that it is definitely progressing in the right direction. In the, in the 20 years that I've been involved in the animal rights movement, it's night and day from when I started. More people are adopting animals. More people are considering what they eat. More people are considering levels of compassion that, that would have been unthinkable years ago. And I'm really just so thrilled to see our species maybe finally getting it. And now Mike was just talking about circuses and zoos. Oh, my God. Please, anybody who's listening, do not take your kid to a zoo or a circus. Just look at those animals for a minute and think, where did they come from? They had their families. They had their environment. They had their friends. And they were ripped violently from that. To be put in a cage in a zoo or to be, put, to be forced through, again, violent means to do stupid tricks in a circus. Right. That is completely wrong, completely wrong. And it, again, it's the wrong message. Yeah. It's the wrong message for kids. It's the wrong message that we're given. Right. Yeah. They, you want to see something? There are sanctuaries around the country. Take a day's trip up. There's one up in Northern California here, which right. is fabulous. Yeah. Take a day trip up to the sanctuary. It's not the wild, but it's a heck of a lot better than a cage. Right. Exactly. Go yeah. online and see all of the groups who are defending wildlife all around the world, a lot of them have cameras there, and you can right. see those animals right there. You can rent films. There's so many better ways to learn about it, the animals. And it's already been proven, all those zoos will say, erroneously, they will say that when people come to see the zoos, they have more compassion for animals in the wild. There's absolutely no proof of that. Absolutely right. no proof. That's, that's PR work right there. It makes no... I mean, it is. I mean exactly. a lot of these zoos are even given now, some of these animals are getting the same drugs that humans are getting, like Zoloft and Prozac right. and things like that. I'm like, right. are you serious? Right. Are you drugging? I mean, there right. are, they're depressed enough. What do you want? What do you want from them other than... The only way they're going to get better is, yeah, they would have to go back home. But we yep. know by the time 
time you remove them from that, there's just no way they can even go back there. So now they're yeah. just kind of right. they're just kind of they're in limbo now. It's just kind of now they're just kind of yeah. waiting. They're waiting for the day to end at that point. You can kind of yeah. see it if you really look into their eyes. You can just kind of see it in their eyes. They're just like, please, just someone just please just put me down and get this over with. I'm sick of this. Yeah, and, and, and then you have shows like um, you have the documentary Blackfish. And so many people are like, I don't want to see that because that's just cruel. And I don't want to know that about SeaWorld. That's, I do want to know that about SeaWorld. You know, you really should go on Netflix and watch the documentary Blackfish. And you know what? Get pissed off. So therefore, stop that's giving true. them money. Stop funding this cruel treatment yeah. and potential murder of these animals. Because guess what? When it becomes so... When it gets to the point where we're so desensitized to doing it to animals, it's only a matter of time when it's just going to be the same thing as a sport and some type of like show for human beings, too, when the animals are no longer around. Right. It's, it's not far fetched, people. You may think it's far fetched, but no. And it's been done before. No, it's, it's been done in history before. The same right. process that animals being ripped from their environment and put on display to be sold and to put That's on a right. show has been done with humans. Right. You know, it's been That's done. Right. It's, it's, this country started that way. You know, it, no, one, right. no, no one wants to face it, but that's history. It's been done. Right. So when you don't want to face history, it's going to repeat itself. It's really Absolutely. And there are countries like in England where various sea worlds, marine mammal parks are illegal. There's countries all through Western Europe. And now there's 20 countries and maybe more now in the world that have outlawed animals for entertainment. No sea worlds, no zoos, no circuses. And this country is unfortunately not one of them. He's probably the same and country that labeled GMOs too, you know. But you know, what do they know? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's the, the down really... the downside of capitalism is you know, and I obviously support a free economy and all that. But the downside of capitalism, completely unregulated, is that just anything that makes money flies. Mm -hmm. that's right. That's and right. so, so when there's big money involved, it's hard to make the changes you want because they're going to lobby against that change. Right. And that's why we're that's why we're still such an oil dominant country and so forth. Is that I means stem cell research was totally squashed during the Bush administration when there's so much good info that could have come out of that. Other countries went way ahead of us during that whole time frame. So, I mean, so it's, so a, lot, a lot of it is false false morals because mm -hmm. we try to yeah. push right. these moral, these family values and all that. Come on, give me a break, man. That's just, <laughs> there's no substance there with that. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just worse. It's just semantics. Yeah, and, and the only thing we can do is choose where we put our dollars. Exactly. Right. Check out the That's company. the only vote that Check counts. Out the <laughs> That's the only vote that counts, exactly. If you're, don't give your money to a zoo, as you said, since you don't give your money to SeaWorld. If you're buying food, make sure the kind of food you're buying. Really do the research and know where your money is going. That's the only power, for sure power, that we have as consumers to change the world the way we want it to be changed. And the more we do that, the more it will change well, unfortunately, for the good. I heard recently that Monsanto bought out Whole Foods, or they merged, or something like that. Well, they'd already kind of like forced their hand to start buying, you know, yeah, using the alfalfa seeds and all that. Yeah, so yeah, man. I mean, but that's what happens when. First of all, that's the thing that sucks. Oh, no. First of all, you business owners out there, that's one thing you need to consider. When you, you create this business as an entrepreneur and you have this vision and this dream, but then you, you get so big and you, you think like, okay, I want to go bigger and I want to, I actually want to go ahead and go public and, and, and bring in chair, you know, chair people and, and stockholders and all that. Understand that once you do that, that original vision that you had is going to go, it's going to get dark. It's going to get a black eye in that vision. Because right. now it's all about when you bring in, when you become public, it's all about the money now. It's no longer about the integrity of the company. No matter what kind of BS they sell you, it's yeah. not about the integrity of the company. It's about how can we make the maximum amount of profits 
with very little cost, which so means in a stock value. Exactly. So that's yeah. the only thing that matters at that point. So keep yeah. that in mind when you're starting up a company and yeah, you want to like really grow, but you have this, you know, there's a part of you that has this vision, but another party that really wants to like, I want to blow this up. I want, I want to get this around the world. Careful what you ask for when you really want to just get it all over in every, all these places. It, it comes with a cost. It comes with a sacrifice and you got to ask yourself morally, is that what, is that what you want to do? Can you stand behind that? In, in terms of where that's going to lead to, you got to ask yourself that. And if you can say yes, then you're you're just contributing to the machine, man. And don't don't sit there and give us the false like like Mike just said that false morality. Like you know, I'm against this and GMOs and blah. No, no, stop. <laughs> just stop it. Exactly. <laughs> just stop. Exactly. It. It's amazing how the European Union has made such strict laws against GMOs and, and other kinds of food products, and they're way ahead of us. Yeah, right. uh, there are many. You know, many countries in Europe that are well, way I mean, also ahead of New, New Zealand. New Zealand factory farming is illegal there, yep. and basically, all pretty much all food is organic. And I know that's changing to some degree, but it's it's still way ahead. They have way better stipulations than we do. Yeah, I even think for the most part, I think Mexico even has like out, you know, laws against GMOs, which that's saying a lot. Yeah, okay, right. yeah. with all this immigration issue and all this other stuff going on, like, okay, and people try to say like, yeah, they're, they're, we're far, trying to make themselves, trying to make it seem like we're so much better than they are, but hell, at least they're eating food that's not crappy as ours, you know, and it's not exactly. franken food, and we don't know exactly what it's going to do to us, because there's always going to be people argue, well, we don't know if GMOs are bad. Hell, we don't know if they're not, but all I can say is this. When it gets to the point where bees can't pollinate and even like mess with that food and they're dying from it, that's good enough for me right there. Because guess what? No Absolutely. bees, no life. Because if there's no bees, that's there's right. no pollination going on. That means there's no food growing. So that means everything's have to be created in a factory, inside of a laboratory or something like that. Well, that's I mean, whenever whenever people bring up those arguments too, sincere, I mean, that's it's from a from a from a much more oh, it's old school way from, of thinking. From a, it's, from, it's just from a logical standpoint, or, <laughs> or even from a taste standpoint. Forget about logic. If you yeah. if you taste organic food versus non-organic, the organic always yeah. tastes way better. Yeah, because it tastes Absolutely. like food. You know, it, it right. tastes. You can actually there's a there's a generation of us that will actually remember like, oh, this is what a watermelon used to taste like. <laughs> right. You know, there, right. there's a new generation that they have no freaking idea what we're talking about right now. You know, that's all they know. They're the same ones who have been wired all their lives. They've always had high speed Internet and, and they don't understand, right. you know, the fact that they actually have to go outside and or you have to socialize or guess what? Some things actually take time for you to receive them. Nothing. It's not as instant or whatever. So the last two generations, man, they really don't even get that. And it's becoming normal for them. So to have food that doesn't taste like anything, they think that's normal and that's the way it's supposed to taste and if we give them something that's organic they might think like oh what do they do to this food why does it taste like this it shouldn't be like this you know just like it's kind of like music it's like oh they're so-and-so made that song like no he sampled that song what no man that's no he copied him I'm like oh my god what is you're the people in charge of people's social security in the next few years thank goodness i'm not trying to rely on that and <laughs> rely on yeah, you to take care of me <laughs> and, and the disease factor goes way up, oh, and they don't understand why people are getting sick younger and younger and yes. younger. Yes, and and they're not they're not being able to keep their energy up. They're not being able to feel good about their lives, and they don't know why. Right, and it's right. unbelievable that they don't look to what they put in their body. We won't even go to the thought patterns that they're thinking. Yeah. Even the physical food that they're putting in their body. And, of course, the exercise that you guys talk about so importantly that they don't get it. They just don't get it. Well, I mean, testosterone levels in men is getting lower with each generation to the point, you know, my dad's oh my in his God. 70s, and his testosterone is, is actually healthy for his age. But it's also – it's often double – 
what I see in men half of his age. Right. And wow. low testosterone. I mean, I've I have men in their twenties now emailing me talking about low testosterone. I go twenties. <laughs> I go when I was twenty one. You know, you drink all night and then you wake up the next day and go work out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, if you have if you have testosterone issues in your early twenties, that's a big problem, man, because it's not going to get better as you get older. It's going to get worse. Right. So, so that's, that's not good at all. Exactly. But it's becoming more and more common. Hormonal issues with both men and women, young men and women, yeah. is becoming yeah. way too common. Well, I mean, yeah, especially even with kids. I mean, that's why you have these kids who are eight years old, but they're they're already taking on the body of a 16 or 17 year old. You right. know, those things, yeah. that's not normal. You know, no. girls, no. girls having breasts at six. Come on, man. No. That's not right. Yep, you know, <laughs> little boys yep. having mustaches at eight years old. Come on. <laughs> yep. First of all, oh, that's just God. creepy. Okay. It's creepy. Yep. <laughs> and, and that's just sending like a red flag up to the parent. Like, wait a minute, something's not going on. Something's not right yep. with my child's diet. And we need to get something checked out. You know, that's not normal. Those are the thing like, don't get, don't be proud, men. He's walking around with a goatee and he's so like, you got a 10 year old kid like the, like the, like the gang lord and gang related, you know, like that beard. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Javier, like Javier. You got an eight year old kid with the beard, like Javier and show gang related, you know, that's. And, not... and he's walking around and sounding like, you know, David Palmer when he's talking to you. Hey, dad, somebody, can we go to the playground today? A, a, lot, a lot of them, a lot of them live on so much sugar. And right. caffeine, yeah. Yeah. and and they're hyped way up, and then what happens? They're given medication. Yes, yeah. calm and down. And that just makes it calm worse. Calm down. Exactly. Yeah, but, but give them a Instead red bull, of, but calm down. <laughs> like what? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and it, it's going to affect huge amounts of people. It already is more and more unless we change our lifestyle patterns. Well, you want to talk about population that control? Goes, that's one way to do it, right there, organically. <laughs> How to do it without, without, being con- without being so controversial about it? You know, it's so important just, to make people feel better personally because they're not going to care about all of these issues we're talking about if you feel like crap every day. Exactly. <laughs> right. You're depressed no. and you have no energy. You're not thinking about what can I do to save the animals or help victims right. of human trafficking. You, you don't have any energy to do. You're anything. too tired for that. You're exactly. like, man, I got to save myself. I can't save an animal. <laughs> it's funny because we've had several volunteers who came to us who had depression issues mm-hmm. and they got so happy volunteering. Yeah, they were not yeah. paid. They were not given anything except the opportunity to help animals. Yeah. And that animal looked in their eyes as if they were their hero. Right. And that gave them such a sense of love and purpose. It literally, I've seen it change people's lives. So much empowerment. Because they realized, they right. realized how, how vital that connection was to them. Yeah. yeah and guess what? You, and there's the, the studies and all that. So there's always the people like, okay, but where are the studies with that? You know what? There's some things that are anecdotal. It's like, how did, how did you freaking feel? You know, because a lot of that stuff that happens exactly. in the labs and all the studies, they, they always end up counteracting each other a couple of years later. Or it just depends on whose agenda is paying for that study and that research. So my thing is, I get so sick of hearing that, like, well, there, there are no studies that, that, back, that back that up, that, you know, pretty much just it's, by... It's not on PubMed. <laughs> <laughs> I get so tired of that stuff, oh too. Oh, my God. There's, there's no study that proves that eating doggy do is, <laughs> is unhealthy. <laughs> but, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use some deductive reasoning and, and just come to that conclusion, okay? There have been studies in which... Uh, elderly people adopted an animal, their heart rate steadied, yeah, yes, their yeah. blood pressure right, steadied, right. Yeah, that's they got less depressed. Yeah. Yes, cholesterol went down, they didn't need their depression <laughs> medication, and we've seen this again and again, and of course, simultaneously, there are groups like Create a Smile who go in with animals into different 
old age homes or hospitals, and there they see a difference in those people, in the elderly or the sick or infirmed, immediately. Even in yeah. prisons. And they so, break the pets in with the prisons. Yeah. And, you know, give yeah. these prisoners, yep. these hardened criminals, these yep. violent people, when they <laughs> give them dogs yep. to take care of, all of a sudden they yep. just see a complete 180 with these prisoners. But you know what? Exactly. There's no There's no science behind that. Yeah, you know, because you start talking about, well, they actually had to care for someone and love someone, and that made them a that's better right. person. Like, oh, that's too hokey. There's no science behind that. Maybe some of these scientists need to get out the lab and get some love of their own and get a life and get a personal right. life. Yeah, the, pro- yeah. the problem is you got someone, a keyboard warrior, who's too worried about science, and that's why. So he's like, we know why you're a depressed keyboard warrior. We don't need a study to show that sitting on Facebook for eight hours a day having meaningless conversations. Yeah, and just being, waiting for uh, an uh, argument to, you know, yeah, to try to exactly. prove how smart you are. No, but what? Well, exactly. The thing Melia was talking about that I also want to emphasize yeah. is, you know, when you when you volunteer with good organizations, not only is the act you're doing good, but you meet other like-minded people, and that's also very yeah. important. And it's also yeah. something to think about for those of you that are single out there, single yeah. men and women, because I hear women complaining all the time. It's like, oh, I keep meeting these losers. I can't and find I, a good man. Well, find a good dog. These guys. <laughs> yeah. they, 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 these are people that are going to bars every night, and they're wondering why they're not finding a quality. No, no, no. <laughs> So why don't you go volunteer for a good cause? Chances are good that you you may not meet your significant other there, but chances are good you're going to make some good friends, and then you're more likely to find someone who's a good fit for you as a partner in that setting than at Copper Keg in Las Vegas at 2 in the morning. And you're going to feel better. You're going to feel better about yourself, which is going to bring more to you in every direction. Yeah, when you leave that strip and club, guys, how good do you feel when you leave that? <laughs> I mean, do you feel empowered when you leave the strip club? No, you feel even more defeated because, and then you're all jaded like, no, these women, man, they just they just want one thing. They're just all about the money. She's at a strip club. She's at work. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> she came there for a relationship? You think this is like Match.com for her? <laughs> her astrologist told her that you so actually, it's really interesting because here in L.A., the Animal Services has started this thing where they have these evenings for people with their pets, for singles. Uh, yeah. And they yeah. have meet and greets yeah, for yeah. singles with their pets, and it's really successful. And they have a little wine, and it's people get to meet other people who have animals. We have that and here. already there's yeah, a connection. There's a, there's a hotel called Rumor in Las Vegas on Paradise right across from the Hard Rock. And every third Thursday of each month, they have this. They close off the courtyard and they have a DJ and an open bar where – not an open bar, but a bar where you get two free drinks, I believe, when you pay 10 bucks to get in. And you can bring your dogs and they can hang out off leash. Hmm. It's like oh, my God. That's great. And when you go there, it's funny because – now, this is not set up as a, a dating type thing, Melia. But when you go there, it's it's very <laughs> obvious why every guy <laughs> It's like they're probably taking their friend's dog there, or like, <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> tonight. You know, every girl is there probably for legitimate reasons, like they just want to hang out, have a good time. But every guy's there. It's just a sad com- It's a sad commentary about men, but you can harness this. And I bet you it's so skewed. The girls are there with like Rottweilers and all the guys are there with little Chihuahuas. And they, you know, they, they're there with the little Yorkie, you know, with the teacup Yorkies. Like, oh my God, he's so adorable. Like, that's not his dog. That's his brother's dog. Right? That's his sister's dog. Don't fall for that. He's like that same uncle. He's the uncle that likes to babysit in the park on a Saturday because he knows that's where all the hot chicks are going to be running. And he's just of walking course. around. They're chick magnets. Exactly. They're all chick magnets. I'll keep the kids. And that's, and that's so great because immediately they have something in common. Yeah. Right. And they don't have have to judge each other by how much do you make or what do you look like they have something really tangible yeah, comes and breathing and beautiful <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a wonderful well, say, way to meet people 
in Los Angeles, then that'll be the third or fourth question, not the first, if you have a pet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. No, 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 well, no it's, it's true. It's, it's, it's definitely true. So, I mean, th- these are just additional benefits of this kind of stuff. I'm not saying someone should go volunteer for a voice for the animals because you're going to meet some girls. But if that happens, hey, cool. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yes. It may very well happen. Hey. You know? Instant, yes, we have lots of people, <laughs> lots of volunteers. Um, we actually are the only group that takes underage kids, in other words, under 18. I wrote that into our insurance policy because I believe kids need to learn about compassion when they're young. So we, we take volunteers starting at 9 and 10 years old because we want them, real young kids, to learn how to interact positively with animals. And we find, oh, my God, they're so appreciative and happy. And it's wonderful to see little kids talk about animals with people who want to adopt them or foster because they get um, linguistic skills and they get so many different kinds of life skills just being able to relate to the animal and relate to the public. And it's absolutely beautiful. We have older people, too, but... Yeah. I just thought oh, that's I cool. it in about little kids. My, my, uh, my good friend, Christus Dimitros here in Vegas, his daughter, she's about 13. You know, she's rich. She's a big animal lover and all that. And what's cool is on Google Plus, I put up this clip about the Save the Chimp organization and mm-hmm. so forth, all the great work they're doing. You know, she was the first person to like it and share it. And I was like, uh, there you go. That's, that's a step in the right direction. Right. She's not on She's not on Google Plus taking a bunch of selfies oh, and no. being a nar- – you know, right. she's, she's more mature than a lot of women three times her age who are just taking uh. selfies all day long and posting it. Here's her. Like, she, all she has is pictures of her dogs and hanging out with her dogs uh. and sharing stuff like this. I go, there we go. That's she's moving in the right direction. Yeah, so much yeah. better than using a dog as a prop for their selfie <laughs> to draw attention to themselves. Yeah. So, like so many uh, women ra- do. Ra- rather than you you're just get out of the shower naked and you have your dog in your lap. The downside of social media is that it's people that were narcissistic are now 10 times more yeah, narcissistic. It's a steroid now. It's yeah. increased their performance by 10% now. <laughs> but the good yeah. thing about social media, and I was talking to a guy who runs the Nevada SPCA out here, a guy named mm-hmm. Doug, great guy, great organization. He was talking about how because of social media, they're getting way more dogs adopted than before. That's right. People are sharing these photos. They're, they're, they're yes. getting it out there. It's it's a powerful way to really get something out there. And that's what I, that's, those, yes. are, those are the positives about social media that we don't hear much yes. about. The negatives are yes. obvious and we hear about that all yes. the time, but it can actually be utilized yes. in a positive way. I mean, in other countries, yes. it's been utilized to start revolutions. Exactly. Yes. And and actually, that's been our experience, Mike, that we've gotten lots of animals adopted, lots of animals fostered through social media. It's been a powerful, powerful tool for us to get the word out. And when we have an emergency, we get the word out, and boom, we get a response. It's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. It's really changed the face of of rescue groups. Yeah, that's that's awesome. What what are some other stories that you've had that you think our our listeners would be interested in just Well, you know, I would ask everybody, for instance, we have been going in the shelters and we find, we take out animals who've been severely physically abused. Mm -hmm. I would just say, anybody who's listening to this show, if you have a neighbor or a friend and you see them not really taking care of their animal, go talk to them. Right. Just talk to them and say, what can I do to help you? Is your animal on good food? Don't leave your... First of all, cats have to be indoors. Um, we adopt indoor only because there's a lot of cat haters. There's people who poison cats. There's yeah. cars. There's yeah. coyotes. Yep. Keep your cat indoors. The uh, statistics are cats live five times 
longer lives if they're kept indoors. Dogs should not be left in the yard ever. Right. What you want to do is if they're in the yard, be with them. If you have an enclosed yard, as long as they're within eyesight or, or you can hear them, that's okay. But just don't leave them in a place where somebody can grab them. Right. right. And make sure that they're well taken care of, they're walked and they're loved. And as we always say, our dogs love to watch television. <laughs> I, know, come on, I know ours does. It's funny, he's watching Gang Related the other night. I'm just looking at like, and he's like really Really looking at Javier go at it. I was like, "Are you really like this into the show?" And he, just, and he still looks over. And it's funny because he looks over to me like, "Dad, shut up! I'm I'm watching the television. And why are you talking? Shut up, Javier! Get him!" Exactly. They do. They love My to watch laughs. television. My wife laughs. So we always adopt out. We adopt out to families who will allow the dog to lay in the sofa and watch TV with them. Oh, we want the animal to be part of the family. Right. So you know, if listeners. Or whoever's listening right now, if you see something going on, just you don't have to get angry, but just go and talk gently and nicely and see if you can help the owner of that animal understand that this animal has deep feelings and that they want to be part of their family. And if you see anything horrible, call the police immediately right. because animal abusers are criminals. And we do not believe in sending out animal services to deal with a criminal because they don't have guns or arresting powers. (laughs) Abuse is abuse is a crime. Get the cops involved. Most cops are big animal lovers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Every year, yeah, every year we put out a calendar called Rescue by the LAPD, which shows uh, police officers and animals they've rescued from gunfights on the street, just horrible stories, and they adopted these animals themselves. Usually, usually cops have pretty big hearts, and they really want to help. So that would be, because we see the other side of it. We recently took out three dogs, uh, Ray, uh, well, both Ray and Duncan, uh, their legs were smashed by hammers by their by oh. their uh, owners, and um, we do not believe in voice for the animals in in taking off a leg. I've only got two dogs and cats; only have four. That's all we're going to have in this lifetime. So let's save them, and we saved both those legs. Oh, um, one of them was not a horrible surgery. It was not too bad, but Duncan's was so hard. It took approximately fifteen surgeries where our vet had to go in with. Just like like the smallest instrument to put the bones back together. Mm. And finally, after four months, Duncan is beginning to use that leg. Wow. Um, we saw both um, Kai and Benny, whose uh, pelvises were broken. Again, human violence. Uh, Lily, when we first saw her, her bottom half of her, all the way from her tail to her waist, she, could not, she had no feeling. She had no feeling. We knew she was going to go down, so we took her out, and no surgery was possible because it was nerve damage. Whatever her person did to her was nerve damage. But we went, we have an alternative uh, vet, Dr. Mark Patan, who's fantastic. He does laser therapy, acupuncture, and she did laser therapy and acupuncture and water therapy and ball therapy and all kinds of therapy and (laughs) massage for about three months, and now she's walking and running and in a home. Wow. So there's always a way to help an animal, no matter what. If your neighbor's not walking the dog, offer to walk the dog. If your neighbor has a problem and, you know, see if you can solve it. If you can't solve it, call us. We'll help you solve it. So, you know, get involved at whatever level you can get involved. If you see somebody in front of a market giving away kittens, for God's sakes, tell them not to do that. Tell them to take it to the local rescue organization, of which there are many hundreds and thousands all over the country. Giving away kittens and puppies is not good because you don't know the homes they're going, number one. Number two, they're not fixed, so they're just 
just going to breed and add more to the problem. So, you know, open your mouth. That's, that's what I tell people. Get involved. Keep your eyes open. Like sincere, when you're seeing an animal in a car, go for it. If I was there, I'd help you. <laughs> anything. <laughs> I'm, I may be small, but powerful. So um, anything, <laughs> anything you, know. you can do. <laughs> Any, no, Melia's going to put a brick through that window, whether it's legal or not. <laughs> you know what? I actually, it's really funny you say that because I actually saw that once. And I went to the police and I asked them if I was allowed to do that. And they said, if you're absolutely sure that there is suffering occurring and that that animal is really suffering yes you are don't that that told me next time i see it i'm going to do that so um anything you want to do to your listeners any way you want to get involved if you need our help please call us we have a hotline we um we have somebody who's on the hotline all the time they'll answer any questions you have if we can help you help an animal in any way we're here to do so yeah awesome well you do great work and sincere is it just me or or does melia sound a lot like Susie orsman Oh, oh, Susie Orman, yeah. To my, Orman, yeah, 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 just, just without, without confusing financial advice. That's all. If Melia busts out girlfriend, girlfriend, and then I'm like, yep, that's Susie. <laughs> this is her side gig, man. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, so, Melia, right. where can people find out more about your organization? They can go to our website, VFTA, Voice for the Animals. Foundation, you need to spell that out, dot org, or they can call us at 310-392-5153, and, and they can leave a message or somebody will answer the phone and call them back, and we will answer any questions that they have. We get calls from all over the country. Oh, that's fantastic. And I, I encourage all of our listeners to make a donation, check out her work. You're definitely going to want to make a donation after you check out her work, so just go ahead and oh. take our word for it. These, this, this is one of the organizations that both of us wholeheartedly support. So check out Voice for the Animals. And Melia, great having you back on again. It's always Thank a pleasure. Thank you both for having me. I really, really enjoyed myself, and I hope that I hope some good information got out there. And again, if people have questions, I really encourage them to come back and, and talk to us. Yeah, it's right. always good information whenever you're on. So keep up the great work, and we'll talk to you Thank soon. you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Okay, again, that's our friend Melia Kaplan. Check her out. And also, you can – one way you can actually donate to her organization as well as Transitions Global is by supporting our businesses because exactly. we donate money. We donate mm-hmm. a percentage of our respective incomes. Mm-hmm. So use that coupon code LLA to get 10% off any of my nutrition supplements, my best-selling testosterone booster, my Re- Restorezyme for <clears> getting rid of aches and pains, my recovery oil to give you the best night of sleep you've ever had. And then my T-shirts, my videos, my eBooks, the whole shebang. Coupon code LLA get ten percent off. And how about with you, man? Same thing. Same coupon code LLA. Use it at NewWarriorTraining.com. Get ten percent off of all of my products. My ebook of the Wellness Code, my digital physical copy of my Body Weight Training DVD, my Weight Management 101 course, as well as the Costa Rican coffee drip stands. All of that. You can use that same coupon code for all those products and more. And guess what? Like Mike just said, 
we take a percentage of our monthly incomes and we donate to these charities as well. So therefore, you're indirectly but directly still supporting these organizations. <laughs> right. You could be the biggest jerk off out there, but if you buy our products, you're actually doing something good. <laughs> you know? so that takes your jerk off status down about two notches. <laughs> that lowers your jerk off status by at least ten percent, right? <laughs> For each time you buy from us. <laughs> That's just our way of, of getting people to do good whether they whether they realize it or not. It's what the Buddha called skillful means. It's like, oh, you don't want to donate? It's okay. Just buy some stuff from me. There you go. You donated. You just donated. <laughs> All right, everyone. Make sure you share this episode with everybody you know. Go give us a review on iTunes and also with on Stitcher. A lot of times you you don't you may maybe you don't have an extra twenty dollars, thirty dollars to spend on stuff right now. Fine. Go give us a review and share the episode. If, if we had every listener listening to this share it with one person, that would be tremendous. Awesome. So everybody knows one person. Go share it with one person. All right. Make sure you check back with us next week, and uh, we'll see you then. Take care, everybody. Take care.